Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris, coming to you from the world-famous Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, Oregon. It is almost Christmas, and I will tell you this. I got a note the other day from our friends at Painted Hills Natural Beef, uh, and this if you got to order your prime rib, if you don't already have it ordered, you may be in trouble. That's the only thing I'm going to say. But we want to thank them for that little piece of information. Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. So, you know, it's you're on a countdown now. You're like six days away from Christmas, and what are you going to do? So I asked the only guy that I know that is just as full of it as I am, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com, to come rejoin us, as he does for every pre-holiday show during the year. And we're going to talk about that. Meathead, welcome, my friend. Oh, always good to talk to you, JT. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. I am really good. So, um as that really scrumptious lead-in I talked about with the, oh God. the Ribros, uh, it is true because and we did some shows about this earlier in the year that when they had the COVID stuff the year, earlier in the year and they had the shut down or slow down, depending on which plant it was, the beef processing plants also went the same for hogs, that uh-huh. that there's not quite as many out there. There's no shortage per se, but they not just anymore. they just haven't been able to completely catch up with the processing part. So Well go ahead. We, also we only have a week before Christmas here. Right. Um and shipping um uh, you know everybody's shipping at this time of year. You got bad weather slowing down shipping. So anybody who hasn't ordered beef yet better do it right now. Right. Right. Yeah, and I know that even here in the Northwest in local stores, and of course I focus on Painted Hills, but you can go in there and they would, normally let's say they would take 10 cases of of Ribros. If bone in, for example, there's usually three in a case and bone out, there's usually five in a case and, and, and these big you know, cardboard cases like that. Normally a store would say order 20 cases. I'm just making up a number this year, Mm -hmm. this year, because of everything they've come back and said, we want 30 cases. Mm. And and so some of the processors and the distributors are going, okay. (laughs) And where do you propose I get those for you? Um, And so that's one of the things that's happening. I don't want people to think that there aren't prime ribs or rib roasts in there at their grocer. There are. But if you have a particular brand, Bainted Hills, Snake River, some of those across the country, um, you should be on it today. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, absolutely. You know, know, but you you said something interesting that I hadn't heard yet, and that is that groceries and uh, butchers may be ordering more quantities. That may actually work in our favor. I I know, for example, in my case, 
um, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, um, uh, we would always go to my brother-in-law's house, and there were 15, 20, maybe more sure. there. I would order a full seven-bone prime rib, which is enough to feed 15 people. And uh, this year, it's just my wife and I. So I'm probably get, just going to do ribeye steaks rather than a rib roast. So that might actually mean that there's going to be availability. But if you're ordering it mail order, if you're going right. direct to Painted Hills or Snake River, your time is is running out. But your butcher might be able to uh, to handle your order. Still, I mean, it, 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 this is a special cut of meat, and people order it just for special occasions. Get ahead of the curve. Right. And one thing that they do do, and I don't know if you've heard this term. I'm sure you have. But they have what they call splits, and that is where they've taken a boneless and sometimes they do it with the bone in still attached, but it's usually boneless and they'll cut them in half and ship them that way. Um, mm. And so if you're a party of two, like you and Mrs. G are this weekend, or my wife and I mm -hmm. will be, mm -hmm. you get a split, which is just a half of one. And then you can have your regular, you can cut it into steaks if you want, or you can ma still yep. make the roast, and you have some great French dips a day or two later. So that's what I'm Well, saying. you know, that's a really good tip, you know. Um, the prime rib gets its name because it's from a large section called the rib primal. Right. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's USDA prime grade. You can get lower grades than prime in a prime rib. I know that sounds confusing, but it's the rib primal that they're describing, not the grade or the mm -hmm. amount of marbling. USDA prime has the most marbling in the USDA rating system and is the highest quality. But you can get USDA Choice Prime Rib, and it's marvelous, or what they sometimes label USDA Top Choice, which is choice, but it's just below Prime, and that's especially good, and it's usually not as expensive as Prime. But if you can, if you can afford it, it's expensive, buy a whole rib primal, and then you can cut it down into smaller roasts yep. and steaks. People, um, the prime rib is where the ribeye steak comes from. So you can cut, cut it down into, say, a half primal, which is three to four bones, and the rest of it cut it into ribeye steaks of whatever thickness you want. You could do two-inch ribeyes if you want. Sure. Um, uh, so uh, that gives you a lot more flexibility. And if you do the math, you'll find you, you may come out a lot cheaper than if you just went out. Um, a a seven-bone rib primal has in it a, a good um, 14 ribeye steaks. Oh, yeah. 10 to 14, yeah. depending on how thick you cut them. Um, 10 to 14 ribeye steaks. Uh, and if you do the math, you may be a lot cheaper buying a rib primal and doing your own butchery. Now, if you don't know how to do that butchery, go to AmazingRibs.com and look up my articles on, uh, on, on beef roasts. And I've got a video on how to take one of these and and whip it into shape, how to break it down, get it ready for roasting, and how to cut it into uh, steaks.
Yep, absolutely. And the other thing that I wanted to say, too, is, um, and I've done this on TV a couple times. I'm actually doing it on a shoot this week uh, later. But if you, if the budget doesn't fit a whole prime rib, okay, or like that, then what I would recommend is ask your butcher if you can get a strip loin roast. Um, mm-hmm. They they work just about as just well. Just about as good. Yeah. and It's uh, actually this the same muscle. Yeah. Um, the prime rib has two muscles in it. It has a long, round muscle in the, in the center, the eye of the ribeye, and then it has a smaller crescent-shaped muscle wrapped around it um, called the rib cap. So you have the rib cap and the eye of the ribeye, or more technically, the spinalis dorsi, that's the half-moon-shaped muscle right. wrapped around, and the longissimus dorsi. And that longissimus dorsi runs all the way from the shoulder to the hip. And when you reach the end of the rib cage, that's when you get into the strip, um, yep. strip loin, and it's the same muscle as the eye of the ribeye. It just doesn't have the rib cap on it sometimes, but um, it's, it's pretty much the same muscle, and it is less expensive. Another alternative is the chuck eye or the chuck uh, roast, which is from the shoulder. Um, there is still some of that longissimus dorsi muscle in there. Uh, it's just smaller, but, uh, and there's a bit more fat in the chuck roast, but um, uh, and when I say fat, I don't mean marbling. There's just, you know, layers of fat. It's important to understand. Everybody knows that fat is flavor. But big hunks of fat on the surface or within the, uh, the steaks or the, the roast aren't going to melt and get into the meat. It's the marbling. It's the thin filigrees of fat woven throughout the muscle that make the great flavor. So that's what you want to look for. Um, the, the rest of the fat is just fat. Yep, just like me. It's just fat. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you this. We've talked, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of times you and I have talked, but I don't think I've ever asked you this question. And I'll preface it with my um, my best, uh, my favorite, I should say. When, you, when somebody lays down a nice big um, ribeye steak or a slab of, as we call it, prime rib on your plate. My favorite is the spinilla part. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Okay, now I mentioned that video that I show, that I have on our website. Right. This is a a key part of it, and this is really cool. If you buy a whole rib primal, it's all seven bones, this is what I do with it, and um, it, it, it really works out great. Um, I remove the bones. I, I take them off as one slab. That one slab, there's enough meat on and in between those bones for, two, for to feed two people. So that's, that's a meal for my wife and me. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can take those bones, break them down, and put them in a pot and, and make a short rib stew or make a stock out of them. But when you remove the bones, you now can do some other fun things. And if you're into sous vide, which is this 
wonderfully new technique of cooking um, uh, with temperature control, really precise temperature control, you can throw these in a sous vide bag and um, then pull them out and sear them on a broiler or on a grill. I did that last year, and it was some of the best beef I've ever served. There you go. we got to take a break. I'm way over time, but we will let David fix that. We'll be back in just a minute here on Barbecue Nation. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Welcome back, everybody, to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT here on the Sun Radio Network. If you'd like to email us, you can simply go to the website, barbecue nation slash JT, and um, there's a little link on there. You can send me a message, or you can send one to info at thecowboycook.com. Here, my buddy Lyle is calling me on the phone there. It seems like every time I get in the studio, he calls me. So I'm not taking the call. I'm just telling you that it's kind of like a fact of nature when he calls we're uh, doing christmas now with meathead goldwyn from amazingribs.com um one thing i wanted to say too you know we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about uh some of the things happening happening with the meat markets and stuff and if you hadn't gotten your prime rib ordered especially a special one you should jump on that like right after you get done listening to this show you have to finish the show first, then you can order your your thing. <laughs> but it's the it's not the same with the the hogs out there. But there are some really good Christmas ideas with um, pork roasts. I did one for, mm-hmm. did one for years, which I I roasted it, and there was you know garlicy things uh, around it, and I and I made a uh, kind of a, a red wine and garlic sauce that went over it and served it with roasted red potatoes. It was quite good. There's a lot of creative things you can do with a pork roast. Well, the, the pork, you know, the same muscle and bone combo right. that makes the prime rib is the same on the hog is your crown roast. Right. It's the same exact muscle. I mean, on the hog, because it's smaller animal, um, the uh, longissimus dorsi and the spinalis dorsi, they're both there, and the bones uh, are, are the same bones. They're part of the rib cage, um, and, and those are your baby back bones, uh, and you can treat them exactly the same way. You can take it bone in, and what a lot of people like to do is they like to bend it into a curve so it looks like with the bones sticking up a crown right and uh and and that that's a wonderful way to roast it um some people even put stuffing in that center of the crown um or sausage meat or whatever they want uh and that's a lot of fun uh or you can do the same thing you can peel the bones off and now you have a slab of baby backs and you can take that roast and do whatever you want with it. Make smaller roasts, make chops out of it, do a whole big roast, curve it into a ball. Um, you can do whatever you want with it. And a pork roast is very festive. 
Also, a lot of people serve turkey or goose for Christmas. Um, if you want a goose, you should order that special because not all butchers keep them in stock. But um, turkey, there's still plenty of frozen turkeys out there. And if you're going to do a turkey and it's frozen, you need to give it about a week to defrost. Now, it'll depend on how much it weighs or how thick the breast is, but it, don't mess around with it. Just Start defrosting it a week in advance. That's yeah. the rule of thumb. Start defrosting a week in advance. If it defrosts in five days, that's fine. It'll be just, if it's longer than the fridge, it's not going to spoil on you. Um, but get that thing defrosted. Absolutely, because, you know, there's a great story in Hollywood about um, John Wayne. Uh, he His last wife, Pilar, came home. She was going to fix Thanksgiving dinner, so she went to the store and bought a turkey that day. And that turkey <laughs> was frozen as hard as a brick, you know. Uh -huh. And and he came home, and it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I guess he had a big laugh about it because she was trying to soak it, and she had, and of course she read the instructions, and it said, wash your turkey, so she took the dish soap to it. Um, I always hear stories every year of somebody doing that, too, with their turkey. So, yes, put it in the fridge, like, today and then it'll be ready for next you know friday or whenever you're going to cook it um now there, there there is an interesting thing here though yes if you have to you can cook a frozen turkey yes it's by far not the best way to go about things but at a low temperature in the oven say 225 or on the grill or in a smoker um it will slowly defrost at 225, it'll defrost faster than if you leave it in the fridge at 34 or 38 or in a tub of water, but it'll defrost while it's cooking. The outer layers may overcook somewhat, um, but you can pull this off. It's best if, obviously, you got to get out of the plastic. Uh, it's best if you can get the thing hollowed out, if you can pull the neck and gizzard and all the stuff they put in the in the cavity out of the way. It'll cook faster that way. But you can actually, in an emergency, um, cook a frozen turkey, and it'll only take about an hour and a half to or so longer than normal. Yeah. So that's in case of emergency. Yeah, and you just got to kind of pay attention at that point. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so so many cooking disasters are made and created because people simply weren't paying attention to what they were doing at the time. I've that's my theory on them. So mm -hmm. anyway, mm -hmm. um, I, was, I, I know I, I absolutely the case with me. I made yeah. my, oh, I, <laughs> you need to interview my wife one day. <laughs> Meathead disasters. <laughs> We we always have a couple of uh, carry-out restaurant menus very handy whenever Meathead's experimenting. Yeah, I uh, yeah. We've had plenty of... Because uh, I'm always experimenting. What happens if I cook this at a higher temperature, at a lower temperature? What if I use lemon juice? Oh, boy. The, 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 ask her about cauliflower soup that I made with uh, too much lemon juice. Oh, my God. <laughs> So one one last observation here before we go to break. Every time I've sat down to a crown roast, I always felt that I was underdressed. I always felt with <laughs> with a crown roast, I should be wearing a blazer and an ascot or something, and not yeah. just not just a button down yeah. shirt and a pair of jeans. You know, 
It is celebratory. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's wonderful that we have holidays that we celebrate with meals. Um, uh, you know, feeding people is uh, a most loving and generous and intimate act. It's our second most intimate act, <laughs> putting food into someone. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of generosity and graciousness and celebration and, uh, uh, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and Fourth of July and the religious holidays, Hanukkah, Passover, Kwanzaa. There's always these meals, and uh, they're really special events, and uh, they, they 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 require we take a little extra time in the kitchen. I think absolutely. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We'll be back with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com, and we're going to talk a little bit about some Christmas gifts, the ones that he and I might select for you. So we'll be back in just a minute, please. Stay with us. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for helping make this show possible, and also our friends over at Gunter Wilhelm Knives, um, which is a very good segue into potential Christmas presents. I know you like your Gunter Wilhelm Knives. I love mine. Oh, yeah. They, they make a great uh, Christmas gift for people. It, it, you know, I, I don't know if they're one of your sponsors, but I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them. They're not one of my sponsors, but uh, I, that, that's my main set of knives is Gunter Wilhelm. They're German knives, and they're, they're, they're built exceedingly well, and they're really beautiful. They are sharpened to a 14-degree edge, which is a sharper edge than most other knives, and they're among the most uh, durable and sharp out of Germany. I sound like I work for them, but I really do love my Gunther Wilhelms. And, you know, we just mentioned turkey. They make my favorite um, uh, poultry scissors. Um, yep. They're really sturdy. They're easy to handle. And if you're going to butterfly or spatchcock, it's the same thing, uh, a turkey, which is to lay it out flat so that it browns on both sides and cooks faster and therefore is more, more juicy, um, you really need a good pair of uh, poultry shears to cut through the rib cage. And uh, theirs are great. And they, the hallmark of a good pair of poultry shears, folks, is that the hinge separates. So you can split the scissor into two halves, two blades with two handles. Mm -hmm. That way, when you throw them in the dishwasher, they get thoroughly clean. Scissors that are permanently hinged, you get meat and juices into the area around the hinge, and you can't clean them out. And that's a... That, 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 that's a safety risk. So um, uh, you want to look. I know OXO Good Grips makes a pair of scissors that break apart at the hinge that are nice. Um, uh, the, so watch for those. If you need a pair of um, uh, poultry shears, check out the, uh, the Gunther Wilhelm or uh, the others. One thing I like about the Gunther Wilhelm is that the, those knives are balanced in my hand. They're, yes. they're very well balanced, and um, I just enjoy using them. I mean, I, I don't know about you. Uh, I have some knives that are 
have been with me for 10, 15 years because I've taken good care of them. And then I have other knives that are I didn't take that good care of because I didn't like them as much. Um, but I, I always check the balance in my hand. Because um, mm-hmm. if you're doing stuff like we do, whether you're spatchcocking with scissors or whether you're slicing a roast or whether you're chopping vegetables, whatever it is, uh, if that knife doesn't fit you well and uh, feel solid to you, then it's probably not the knife for you. Anyway, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about uh, Christmas gifts. We've always well, knives are knives are a good way to go, but with only a week left, I doubt that you'll be able to get delivery on Gunter Wilhelm in time. You know what I've done if I need to, and I decide I want to mail order something at the last minute. I just did this for my wife's birthday recently. Um, uh, I ordered a, an iPad for her, but it didn't come till after her birthday. So I just printed out a really nice big glossy picture and uh, handed her the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can do that with the Gunter Wilhelm knives if you want. It's yeah. probably too late to get delivery on them. Um, but um, uh, one thing about his knives, by the way, is he, he has about five different lines, um, and the blades are all about the same. I think, in fact, they are identical. Uh, the real differences are in the handle and the bolster and a few other things. Um, I have the second from the top line. I think it's called the Premier line. And they're fantastic, and they're significantly less expensive than their most expensive ones. They have these gorgeous wood grain handles. It's yep. not real wood, uh, but uh, they they're, they just hold up beautifully. And they have the, um, uh, the, the, the tang, which is the piece of metal that goes in the handle, is T-shaped. So it's really solid, and uh, they make some with a plastic handle that are less attractive, but they're very reasonably priced. Yep. They were doing a commercial for Gunther Wilhelm, but I, I, they're, they're really good knives. I still have knives from my wedding made in Germany 45 years ago. Not Gunther Wilhelm's, but uh, uh, the German knives are really, really very good. Well, they take them seriously. When they make them and design them, not just Gunther Wilhelm, but uh, you know all the different knives that they've made over there. Wustev's all well, they've made a science of the metal alloys, Um, and uh, this is something you know. If anybody's watched these blade competitions on TV, you get a sense for how tricky it is to make these metals so that they don't break. They're they're not sh- they don't shatter easily, and uh, yet they're they hold their edge well. They sharpen well. It's it's incredibly complex science. Let's move on to um, I had I had our pal Max on a couple weeks ago talking about grills mm-hmm. and stuff. You can still get grills a week before Christmas, maybe. <laughs> depending on what you want. I think I think that's one of the print the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably true. Uh, and we always talk about thermometers. That's a, that's a really oh. good gift. Um, you know, thermometers and knives are the two essentials for a good cook. Um, good knives, and I know there's still a lot of chest thumpers out there. I don't need no thermometer. Um, you're a knuckle dragger. You're a fool. There, there, nothing will improve your cooking faster 
than a good thermometer. Right. Uh, I, 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 you know, there's nothing more embarrassing than bringing in a tray of steaks, putting them on the table, people cut in and it's overcooked or undercooked. You're embarrassed, and, and especially overcooked, because you've just wasted a lot of really expensive meat. Um, you'll never overcook a steak if you have a good digital um, thermometer. And there are numerous ones that are very good quality for under 30 bucks. If you want, go to AmazingRibs.com. We have an electrical engineer with special equipment who tests thermometers for their accuracy and speed. And go find one. We don't sell any of them. Go find one that got our top platinum medal or our gold medal and order it. Um, it will improve your cooking vastly. Yes, that's all I can say about that is yes, because I, <laughs> you know, and some people will pull out of their drawer, they have an old analog one, the little dial that goes around, a little, you know, mm-hmm. like that, and it's like, I know that thing came out, came over on the Mayflower, and it's a family heirloom, but, you know, yeah. spend the 25 bucks and get a good one. You know? Here's what you do with that dial thermometer, take it out, put it in your on your driveway, and back your car over <laughs> Um, first of all, it takes 30 seconds to read. Second of all, those dial thermometers are not accurate. I mean, this is a technology invented in the 1800s. Um, this is 2021, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm jumping ahead, but I'm not ready to get out of 2020. It's 2021, and these digital thermometers are dead-on precise, and they can read, a, read meat in under five seconds. Um, uh, you need one. Um, Go go to our website, find one that you like, and order it. From. As I said, we don't sell them. We just test them. Well, the other thing I was going to suggest, too, is and one thing that I actually go through a number of them because I use them so much is cutting boards. A good, oh, yeah. good solid cutting board um, that, you know, some of them are dishwasher safe, not the wood ones, but the, you know, the synthetic ones. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not very expensive, but a good solid cutting board, especially one that's maybe got the little drains around the side, little indentations, mm-hmm. you know, like that. Those are very good. They're not much money, and uh, yeah, I'm I have standardized lately. We we have a <laughs> I have a small army of uh, cutting boards, but the ones I find I'm using the most are the uh, the plastic ones. They're about a half inch thick. Yep, and they fit in my dishwasher nicely, um, and uh, you know you you need to you need to get your dishwasher pasteurized. I mean your um, uh, cutting board pasteurized. Um, <laughs> you need to get your cutting board pasteurized. You wooden wooden cutting boards are uh, capable of being cleaned. You need to scrub them really well, and they can be pasteurized with a lot of hot water and soap. But um, I have I like to put them in the dishwasher. Yeah, I do. Not too. the wooden ones. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's just easy. Like you, I've got a half a dozen of them tucked away on the top of my counter and I've got another dozen mm-hmm. dozen of them underneath uh in one of the cupboards but I like to change them too if I'm when I'm working I don't I, you know if I'm cutting onions on one for example mm-hmm. it, yeah you could go wash it off or that but I'm kind of persnickety so I'll put that one in the sink and grab another one and do the regular vegetables on it or the fruit on a different one I just don't like to mix those oh, absolutely flavors. with a cut 
with with the plastic ones, you can get color coded. We have a red one that's for meat and a green one that's for uh, vegetables and fruits. Yeah, that's simple. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, once you've dishwashered them at high temp, uh, it really doesn't matter. But uh, you, you know, you don't want to uh, chop fruits on top of meat juices. Right. Yeah, that that just doesn't work. We've got about a minute and a half left. And so you made a comment off the air, and uh, I want you to expand on that, but we got to keep it under 20 minutes now because I've only got a minute left. <laughs> If you're gonna... no, I just wanted to say a lot of what we were talking about, you know, this is Barbecue Nation. I'm Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, the barbecue website. Um, and by the way, author of a really good book called Meathead, The Science of Great Barbecue and Cooking, which might make a good Christmas gift. Yeah. Um, but most of these concepts and the techniques that we've been discussing can be done indoors as well as out. A grill or a smoker is just an oven outdoors, and it just has a lousy thermostat, that's all. Although these new pellet smokers have excellent thermostats. Um, but uh, uh, if you think of uh, your grill or your smoker as an oven, almost anything you're doing outdoors, you can do indoors. Yeah, absolutely. It's better outdoors. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Meathead Goldwyn from Amazing Ribs. I've got another uh, Christmas gift idea for you when we come back. So you're listening to us on the Sun Radio Network. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Meathead Goldwyn. Um, Next hour coming up, we've got Andy Black and Chris Snodder from... Uh, the Grill Center here in Portland. They'll be joining us and, and talking about some stuff for your Christmas wish list. The one thing I wanted to, to say was, we're going to talk about your your book in a minute, but a gift uh, of a membership to the Pitmasters Club is a, oh, is a yeah. great Christmas idea, I think. Thank you. Yeah, um, it was really it were a lot of fun. AmazingRibs.com has 4,000 pages that are free. Um, anybody can access them all. But we also have a membership portion of the website. It's primarily a forum, but there's all kinds of good stuff in there. There's free books, free magazines, um, uh, drawings every month for thousands of dollars in grills and smokers, and we have a number of your radio broadcasts archived in there. Um, it, it's just really cool, and it costs twenty three ninety five a year. And uh, if there's a barbecue lover in your life, uh, a gift membership. Uh, if you place your order, um, like today or tomorrow, you just go to amazingribs.com, click on the Pitmaster Club link. Um, I, the, I I'll get that order in the mail same day. So uh, there's plenty of time for that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was going to tell you, I know we, we've we never talked about this. Meathead's book, um, and he's done some short books, some e-books and stuff on sous vide and so on and so forth. But, mm-hmm. but your your main book, The Science, I just call it The Science Book, um, has helped me. He's helped me raise thousands of dollars for 
kids scholarships and stuff through the golf tournaments I work with. And so I want to thank him for that publicly on the air. But that's mm-hmm. always one of the things that when we use them for the raffles and stuff, people have heard of that. And if they haven't, they go over, they pick it up, they look at it. It's great. And they put their tickets in that one. So thank you for that. I do appreciate well, that. Thank you. It, it's a cool book. I, it really is my masterpiece, if you will. Um, the book has two halves. The first half is essentially a science book. It's called Meathead, The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. And um, uh, the first half talks about meat science, what is fire, what is smoke, the difference between heat and energy, and there's a big difference, and it's important to understand it, and the different types of cookers, grills, smokers, and how they work differently and how they impact the food. And so it's essentially a science book, the first half. And then the second half are the recipes that employ employ the theories and the concepts described in the first half. And it's, um, right now, I believe it's, uh, well, for a couple of years now, it's been the best-selling barbecue book out there. We've just crossed the quarter million copy sales. So that's pretty pretty incredible for a cookbook. Wow, that's great. That is that is incredible numbers. Okay, let's get back to some Christmas gifts. If if um, if I called Mrs. Meathead and I said, "What can I get him for Christmas?" What would she tell me? Barbecue wise, cooking wise, not anything you know, personal. There's not much. I mean, because it's my business, anything I get a hankering for, I just order. Um, and I have more damn gimcracks and gadgets <laughs> and gigaws and garbage that you can imagine, stuff that works, stuff that doesn't work, stuff that I should have known wouldn't work before I paid for it. Uh, I mean, I have a stainless steel cabinet on my deck that is eight foot long, four foot high, three foot deep, and it's overflowing. And in our basement, we have three huge Rubbermaid cabinets, six feet tall, filled with uh, kitchen supplies and gadgets. Well, first of all, it's what I make my living at. So yeah. these are the tools of the trade. There's nothing that I need that is not a perishable. Now, if somebody wanted to send me um, uh, some uh, really good seafood, because I'm landlocked, I'm stuck in Illinois, um, Chicago suburbs. Uh, I was raised on the East Coast with sea on seafood. Um, and you just you know you can't get really good fresh seafood in the middle of the country. Um, in fact, I just subscribed. I'm going to give a plug to somebody who's not one of your sponsors. So sure. But, uh, I just subscribed to a, a, a Sitka salmon shares. They're out of Sitka, Alaska, and they ship fresh salmon, cod, sable, and other things during season to us, frozen. But they're flash frozen. There's almost no drip loss in these vacuum-sealed bags, and the quality of the fish is just pristine, superb. Um, so anybody wants to send me seafood, I'm up for that. You know? <laughs> uh, always, always. Um, now, you can eat smoked salmon, can't you? Oh God, yes! Okay, absolutely. I, I I just made some the other day. I I I I I I recommend hot smoking salmon for people cooking at home. Cold smoking salmon. Anytime you're smoking under 170, 200 degrees, 170 or lower, there's always a risk unless you have absolutely perfect temperature control and quality control cleanliness. 
you've got to be careful about the contaminants. Um, hot smoked salmon is fabulous anyhow, and you can, you can do a lot of fun stuff with it, and I've got recipes for how to hot smoke salmon. Oh, yeah. Well, we're kind of one of the salmon capitals of the world out here. Oh, God, yes. And uh, it's, it's good. And I've, I've said this before on the show. I've got Big Chiefs, Little Chiefs. You know, all of those, and they're all great. They're great mm-hmm. great for cooking salmon. But the one that I've kept was a old $149 New Brunsfeld um, firebox on the side. And mm-hmm. it's good if you if you got an afternoon that you can actually sit outside and have a couple of beers or whatever, and you keep that thing at the temperature you want it. It does a great job smoking salmon. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really, really mm-hmm. does. So you can't beat that. Um, one last thing before we get out of here. Now, you you going to be able to stick around for after hours for a few minutes? Of course. Okay, good. Um, the other thing that uh, I recommend to people as a gift, you can go and there are some, there's lots of great rubs out on the market. There's lots of great seasonings out there. But one thing I have done in the past is I actually go to a store and get some of the different variations of salt. Because people like that, they like to play with it. Uh, it's it's a kosher salt. It's a you know in a rock salt form or whatever they want to do. I always think that's kind of a nice thing to give somebody for their kitchen or their barbecue. That, that is fun. And if you taste these salts side by side, you can taste subtle differences if you're tasting them straight. But if you're sprinkling salt on a steak before you cook it or chicken or whatever. You're not going to notice right. that this Himalayan pink salt or Hawaiian black salt is any different from Morton's kosher salt. Um, when you cook with it, it's go- it, those subtle flavors are just lost. Absolutely. we got to get out of here. Meathead, uh, they can find out everything they want to know about you uh, within reason at AmazingRibs.com. <laughs> Always great talking to you and your listeners. No problem. We'll be back next week. Uh, actually, next week's going to be a couple of best of shows because I'm taking the weekend off. And then we'll be back uh, the first part of the year. So until then, have a great holidays, everybody, both Christmas and New Year's. And we'll see you hopefully in a better year of 2021. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.